Hey everyone, welcome to session five of our First Corinthians Bible study. And I'm really grateful that you're taking the time to and have the desire to dig deeper into the readings that we read through July um, in our morning reading, morning prayer readings, First and Second Corinthians. So I'm doing these in short segments because I realized that finding time to listen to a whole uh, half hour, hour long podcast is not easy. Um, but we are doing this in person on Friday nights at my house, and I don't want to leave those uh, those of you out who feel like you're not able to do so- anything in person at this point during this season of COVID. So you'll remember in the last session that we were talking about laying down our rights. Um, Paul says, I've made no use of these rights. He says, am I not free? Talking about the freedom that he has in the gospel, and in chapter 10, verse 23, he says, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All, not all, thi- all, all things are lawful, but not all things build up. And so he's talking about the freedom that he has, and if exerting his rights, and, and standing up and saying, I have the right to this, which he does have, is that helpful for the, the sake of the gospel? He says, instead, don't make your arguments in ways that puff up. He says, this is what exerting your knowledge does. He says, instead, um, show how much you love the Lord and allow that love to drive the way that you proclaim your rights, the, the freedom that you have in Christ. And in that sense, you will... Um, and by giving yourself up your rights and to become weak for the sake of the winning the weak, as he says, ultimately by laying your life down for others is how people see the truth of the gospel in a way that is not self-serving, but points people to the reality of, of the cross as we give ourselves to others. And so in the end of chapter 10, he does this. He says to do things for others because their conscience might prohibit them from doing things that we feel is is morally right. And so he's like, we while we have the freedom to um, do something that isn't necessarily what their conscience is telling them. He's talking about food laws. He says that that we should give ourselves up for their for their sake. And so when we go into some of the things related to worship, keep that in mind. Giving up yourself, that that things are not self-serving. And so he talks about head coverings. So now I commend you because you remember me and everything and maintain the traditions even as I deliver them to you. So he's saying there are some things, traditions that are passed down to us that we do um, and we are stewards. Like we are, cho- we are, we are chosen to take care of these traditions and to pass them on to the next. And what are the principles that are important that transcend context that we are charged to carry on? And what are those things that are contextual here? He says, "I commend you," uh, as I just read. But in chapter, in verse three, he says. But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ, the head of a wife is her husband, the head of Christ is God. Every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head, 
But every wife who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head, since it is the same as it were if her head were shaven. For if a wife will not cover her head, then it sh- um, she should cut her hair short. But since it is disgraceful for a wife to cut her hair or shave her head, let her cover her head. A man not all- also, may, for a man ought not to cover his head, since he is the image and glory of God, but woman is the glory of man. And then he goes on to say, he talks about these things as a symbol of authority. So, now, listen, I know this is sort of scandalous to talk about in our day, but there are some things that are important to think about here. And some of the overarching things, again, are the divisions that are among us. And what we see in Paul, and we'll come to in chapter 12 especially, is this common good, but also the value that is given to certain spiritual gifts. And so he talks about differences, but equality. And so he wants to make sure that we understand there are differences among us, and God creates these differences. Here he's talking about the... the he's arguing from a, the point of nature or creation, that we are created differently, whether it be... Um, men and women, or our gifts, or whatever it might be. However, he said he talks goes on to talk about the value of every body part in in the sense that we are the body of Christ. That that the the one that you might say is the most essential cannot work without some of the more, the smaller parts that would be declared as less essential. Neither can be declared more or less essential because without one, the other can't work. And so Paul is not, he is arguing for equality, but he's also saying that order is important. And so he's saying there, there, there needs to be order among us. There needs to be a respect for traditions that are handed down. Um, and so he is saying that, I think what's going on here, it is revealed in verse 16 of chapter 11. If anyone is inclined to be contentious, we have no such practice, nor do the churches of God. And so he says in verse 13, judge for yourselves. Is it proper for a wife to pray for God with her head uncovered? So judge for yourselves. And so there's a little bit of room there to be able to think about this contextualization, but he's also saying that some people are coming into the church and refusing to acknowledge the traditions of the church. And in this way, they're doing what we discussed last week. They're, they're exerting their rights from a point of knowledge instead of displaying a love of God, which operates from a standpoint of submission. Now, this does not mean that arguments shouldn't be made or these things shouldn't be confronted. He's just talking about divisions that are being made among them because of people exerting their right in ways that are not um, displaying their love for God, which then subsequently is displayed in their willingness to give up their rights in order, or to become weak in order to win the weak. And so he said, are you fond of, of quarreling? We've seen people like this, right? We've seen people who are simply fond of exerting their rights or causing contention in a group. 
But we also know that there are people who don't agree with us who make really compelling arguments when they are made in, in the context of love and in in displayed after there's been a show of willingness to die to our own needs. That, there, that the, the, our rights can be, the, the, Paul is saying, even though you have the right and freedom to do certain things, it's not always helpful. And so how do you, how do you um, live in such a way that builds up community rather than exerting rights that t- potentially tear down the community? And so then he goes on to talk about the Lord's Supper, the Eucharist. I love 11, chapter 11, verses 17, because he's talking about, again, divisions that are being made among them. He says in chapter, in verse 18, I hear that there are divisions among you, and that these divisions and factions are being made when people come together for the Lord's Supper that they eat. And so they're not waiting for people to show up. Instead, they're like, oh my goodness, I'm hungry. I'm going to eat. And they eat. And then they drink the cup and they, they get drunk. And so when other portions of the body show up, those that do not have houses, those that do not have food, when they come to participate in this meal, they show up and the food is gone and the wine has been drunk and people are literally drunk and stuffed and there's no food left for anyone else. And so he then goes on, and you'll see some of our liturgy that is taking place, the, the, where our liturgy is drawn from in chapter 11, verse 23. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is, shed for, this, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of the way in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty considering the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. So for anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. This is why many of you are will and ink, will weak and ill, and some have died. But if we judge ourselves ourselves truly, we will not be judged. And so this is really important, and this lays out some of the format for our Eucharist that we give thanks, um, that we express gratitude that Jesus took the bread, that he broke the bread, and then he blessed it. He offered thanks for it. And so that's our context. That that's our, our template that we use for the liturgy. And then anamnesis, it shows that the Eucharist is a remembering. He, so when we say, do this in remembrance of me, we are proclaiming that we are remembering what Christ did for us. But then he said it's also a proclamation of the Lord's death until he came. And so it is a way of proclaiming the Lord's death. But he says when you come to this, he said, do not come in an unworthy manner. This is why we confess our sins and pass the peace. We confess our sins. He said if you come in an unworthy manner, that it is bad for your health. (laughs) He's saying you need to search your heart. And come to this meal 
in a worthy manner, in a, in a sense that, that we are at peace with God and one another. And so when we pass the peace, it is not a greeting. It's not like greeting or fellowship time. The reason we do that is a symbolic um, way of saying, I've examined my heart and I am at peace with you in this room. And so at the peace, like if you're not, you're welcome to go to people and, and say you're sorry. And when we kneel and confess our sins, you're, you're totally encouraged to confess your sins. And that then as you come to the meal, as you come to it with reverence and a longing to come before God with, with a pure heart. And that's a recognition not of our own righteousness, but of what we have received in Christ's sacrifice on our behalf. Amen. Thank you, guys.